is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bungani in Washington. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we'll chat with Sierra Leonean community activist, author, and entrepreneur Kadijatu Grace, whose life story involves overcoming adversity to inspiring the next generation of young leaders in her country. There are days where I was fighting with self, uh, self-pity and self-doubt where I felt like I don't think I belong, I don't think I'm good enough, I don't think I'm beautiful enough or even strong enough or even eloquent enough to speak in front of people. But then as I practiced, I faced my fears, um, I was able to overcome those things and I'm actually good at it. That is Kadijatu Grace. She will speak to us about her organization known as Psychology of Winning and her mission to empower the next generation of young leaders in her home country of Sierra Leone. We also explore the question, are leaders born or are they made? So we start doing some assessments. How high is your influence? How low? You know, how badly are you doing? Because the true measure of, of leadership is, is, is influence, the mm. true measure. Mm. If you can't influence people, you're not leading. That is Annette Bayingana, a Rwandan leadership coach. She helps us answer that question. But first, as always, we hear from you, our listeners. And we put the question to you, are leaders born or are they made? This is what you had to say. Well, let me say that I believe personally that uh, leadership is something that uh, one is born with. So, yes, I would say that uh, we can learn uh, to be a leader in class, but at the same time, I would say that you don't necessarily need to sit uh, in a classroom and to learn how to become a leader. However, it is uh, somehow important for one to also uh, have an access to uh, lessons on leadership. We are not supposed to be taught on how uh, to be a good leader, but we are supposed to learn. Okay, if someone wants to be a good leader, he or she is supposed to learn maybe from other people, from other leaders, from their role models, so that um, he or she should be like that someone else. Yes, there's need for lessons on how to be leaders. For there are certain leadership skills that a person does not acquire like naturally, so therefore there's need for extra learning so that they have the skills. Leadership is a gift one is born with. So there's no need for one to be in class and have lessons on leadership. We have seen leaders who have failed their people just because they thought it is enough for them to lead because they learned about how to be a leader. Yet they do not have the gift of leadership from God. There are a number of people who have been leaders in the society. These people are good leaders, comparing also to some other people who are very educated, but they are not good leaders. So being a leader, it doesn't matter whether you're educated or not. It just depends on how you are brought up, how you grown, or the environment you live. Hello, I'm Richard Martin Smolsky from Nigeria, Kalaba State, Governor Local Government. I'm enjoying your program. Thank you very much. Hello there, this is Mom Yvonne Chakachaka, and you're listening to Upfront with Jackson Otsana. You're listening to Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington. My first guest is a woman of many talents, from community activist to designer to author. Kadijatu Grace wears multiple hats. 
juggling life as a motivational speaker to working with youth in Sierra Leone as they rebuild their country. Kadijatu's inspirational story starts as a young girl surviving the long civil war in her country and working her way to published author and fashion designer. And through her organization, Psychology of Winning, Kadijatu works to transform the minds of young Sierra Leoneans by teaching them how to make informed and responsible life choices. She tells me that she's on a mission to cultivate the next generation of youth leaders in Sierra Leone. Very welcome. Uh, we welcome you to the show. Thank you for having um, me. Now, you wear very many hats. How, how are you able to do all these things when people even struggle to do one thing? Uh, well, I try. Um, I plan myself, but I must say thank you for having me. I'm grateful. I really, I plan myself, um, and I'm not afraid to push myself. Um, like in life, everybody has a story, everybody has a song. Mm. Everybody's is just a little bit different. And for me, I chose to use my, my energy to, to understand me, to stretch myself, because every human being is like an elastic. It depends on you how far you stretch yourself. How you're willing to go. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what, what is it that stops people from stretching themselves? Is it a mental block? Uh, is it hesitations, yeah. the self-esteem, I am not sure if I'm good enough, I don't think I can make it, I don't think I can do it. Because once you put that in front of everything that you wish to do or you plan to do, you have already stopped yourself. Now, of all these roles, which one, uh, w- w- which one is the most important to you? Uh, I guess, uh, where do you allocate the most bandwidth? Um, it's really transforming the, the lives of anybody that I, I come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wh- whoever... Like right now, you're about to transform our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> right. Uh, you came, you brought us gifts to show. You have a couple of books. You're also a writer, uh, if I didn't mention that in the introduction. Uh, the Dangers of Procrastination. Uh, it's a little book here, and it has a, an accompanying workbook. You also have uh, She Arose, mm-hmm. Understanding the Psychology of Winning. Um, Again, this is a lot of stuff for somebody who is a fashion designer, who is a, a, a singer, musician. Um, first of all, let's talk about the books themselves. What is, what, are, what is this book about, The Dangers of, Proc- of Procrastination? What inspired you to write this book? So The Dangers of Procrastination, everybody procrastinates in life. And for one to get to where they have to be at, procrastination is one of the things you have to abort. Um, and every human being suffers from that. I used to procrastinate. I used to be the president of procrastination. If I had to do something, I would say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And I got to a point in my life where I felt like life is just enclosing on me. I felt like I was choked and closed. I was dying. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, this is, not, this is not what I want for myself. And so I started doing something about it. One of the things I did about it was to really teach myself how to come out of that procrastination. And so one of the tools was having a calendar on my phone, having a journal, started journaling things, that reminding myself the day before Mm. that I have five things. I brought it down to five things, that I have to do five things tomorrow. This this is quite important, by the way. You're giving us tips on how to overcome... One of, the, one of the biggest setbacks biggest, in, yes, in our progress in as human beings so I, is I, procrastination. Yes. I list down five things that I have to 
do I have to call my, my daughter's school? What time? What will I be talking about? Because I forget a lot. And then do I have to make business contact? How many people? One or two people? What will I be talking about? Just having these things, uh, it helped me a lot. And I'll paste it on my fridge. So it's in my bedroom on my mirror. It's on my fridge. So when I go to these, because I love food, mm. and I love to <laughs> look at myself fridge, in the mirror. You remember, so it's there. I need to call oh, the school. I need to call, I and I pick the up store. the phone, and right. I do it right away, and I tick it off. When I tick it off, I actually have a clear jar where I compensate daily, myself. Daily. When you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm. I compensate myself a dollar for every task that I complete, the time that I set out to complete it. And so that, it became seven days, 14 days, 21 days, 130 days it became a part of me. And so I did not really need a reminder as much because Mm -hmm. then it has become a part of me. And so from there, I sat down and I said, wait, other people are suffering from this disease. It's a demon in the closet that we have to get rid of. And so that's where I said, let me write the little that I have learned so far from myself and gathered some data and put together with a workbook that will actually help people um, to get the stuff done. So the workbook has some spaces where you can write. Yes, yes. Uh, so what, what fuels you? Where, where do you draw your inspiration? You're asking for my why? Yes. Is, wow. So I come from Sierra Leone, the only country where you use air land and sea. <laughs> Um, As a person who has been there, I can attest to that. Right. You Isn't know, it beautiful? Your, your land, <laughs> it's a beautiful country. You land at uh, the, the, the airport in Luingi, mm-hmm. and then you have to take a boat mm-hmm. across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And, then and then you drive to you, your hotel. And then you drive to the hotel yeah. in so, Freetown. So um, I'm, a, I'm a child of, only child of my mom. And there had been war in my country where the, at the time they were abducting and raping girls. And my mom tried to get me out. But unfortunately, I was thrown over the boat, the rescue boat, and the guy that was, I, I was put in, in charge of had his way with me at 13, and so I was raped. And so my pain, my hurt, my brokenness, and you ask my why, it all came from there. So I chose not to be part of the statistics of complainers that this is what happened to me, but to actually provide solution to my problem. And so from my why, which is one of those things, having the trauma um, of going through that and my father not being in my life and so many other traumas um, pushed me to want to do better and not look at my darker days, but to look at the future ahead. And so with that, it fuels me to just test every aspect of me um, and I tell you, it's interesting. Everything that I really try, I find out that, oh, I'm actually good at this. So I'm, I'm not really sure what it is that I'm good at or what mm. I'm not good at. You, you have because so I talents. push myself right. so hard. This, this comes from your interests. Yes. You, sometimes you yes. don't know whether you're able to do it, but as long as it, it picks your interest, mm-hmm. you're like, I'll do it. Yes. Yes. Do you ever question yourself for your abilities to be able to achieve? Oh, yeah. There are days where I was fighting with self, uh, self-pity. And self-doubt. And self-doubt where I felt like I don't think I belong. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm beautiful enough or even strong enough or even eloquent enough to speak in front of people. But then as I practiced, I faced my fears. Um, I was able to overcome those things, and I'm actually good at it. Mm. You gave us a little glimpse into your background, your story, you come from a country that experienced so many years of war Mm -hmm. and the Ebola pandemic 
or epidemic uh, from West Africa that really affected it. Um, wh- what is it about your story, um, I guess, that gave you that inspiration, that you look back and say, you know, that I don't want to go back to those days. And I hope that everybody else who has gone through those things, mm-hmm. you know, is able to move forward. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Some of these traumas, young girls in my country and around the world are still going through it, um, whether we believe it or not. And so I, from my story, I felt like I had to go through what I went through so I can be the voice for the voiceless, so I can speak, tell my story, not for pe- the world to feel sorry for me, but for the world to hear that I went through that and I overcame. Mm-hmm. I fought my demons and I overcame. And so I, when I see other young girls coming up, as I'm a mother as well of girls, I wouldn't want them to go through that. And so my thing here is to show them the strength, the beauty in me, who Kadijatu really is, not what was done to Kadijatu. Mm. That's quite profound. Mm. So you travel quite often to Sierra Leone. You'll be traveling very soon. How are things in Sierra Leone? What's your assessment on how things have progressed in the last couple of years? I must commend my president, His Excellency Julius Madabio. He has done a phenomenal job. When you look at um, the history of Sierra Leone, having leaders and leadership problem, he's one of those that has actually proved um, us wrong. Uh, at first, we were hesitant, but as we progress, he has really proven himself. One of the things he's big on is education making sure that the least kid in Sierra Leone has at least a basic education where they can read and write. Um, Another thing is human capital development. The other thing is agriculture, making sure that we are self-sufficient when it comes to food growing, Mm. growing our own food in our backyards, in our farms, and things like that. And so I'm very, very proud of um, our leadership at this point, and that's the main reason why people like me decided to go back, because after living in the state for 28 years, you know, seeing what he has done, it is only good for us to go back and add value to his his um, his vision. Mm. And so that's where. As, aside from leadership, what else gives you hope about the country? The youth, I mean, the you young have a very people, big the youth the, demographic. Yes, yeah. the the young people they've outgrown Sierra Leone. They want to learn. They want to grow. Um, the only problem is we're struggling. There's no better infrastructural plans put in place for these guys to actually spread their wings as far as they want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what kind of work do you do in Sierra Leone in, in terms of empowering youth? So as a psychologist, um, what we do is I, the first time I went to Sierra Leone in 28 years, uh, I saw that the first wind that blew, blew me was there's a need for mindset change. And what a better way to start if it's not with the young. Mm -hmm. And so I went ahead, started an organization called Psychology of Winning. What we do is we transform young minds, creating generational leaders. Um, If we are to have better leadership tomorrow, it starts with the young. Mm -hmm. And so why not start meeting them where they are at now, whether they're in the slums, our president was nobody, but today he's somebody. Mm -hmm. And so we don't pick who we cater to. We do counseling, mentorship, teaching. We do school tours. We also provide clean water in every school that we visit. We give them water filter that lasts for 10 years. Mm. So the kids have clean water that they drink when they come to school. How do you create generational leaders, I guess, from a population that is still dealing with generational trauma? It's actually helping them understand who they are. 
what their purpose is. Because most times we, we struggle because we don't even, we have not met ourselves. You don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. You don't know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. How do I know who I am? Well, it's, do it's, I ask myself a question? Do I ask you a question? Yeah, it's three questions. Mm. Who is Jackson? What is Jackson's purpose in life? How far can Jackson go? That's a difficult question to ask for a 15-year-old to answer. Very, actually. Right. very. And that's where the work starts. Very, very difficult. Mm. I was asked that question at 28. I could not answer. So based on the answers of a 15-year-old Jackson, you are able to say, Jackson, this is where you're able to start your journey. We don't tell Jackson what Jackson needs to do. Mm. We just direct, give Jackson options. Say, hey, this is a road. And there's two ways, and then there's a straight way. Mm. It's left, right, or the center. Where does Jackson want to be? And we remind Jackson that you are a centerpiece. You stand alone. So remember that as you make that decision. And create your own roadmap. Yep. <laughs> what, what, what if you're operating within a system that is really, you know, is enclosing, is not giving you the option to, to shine, to blossom, <laughs> to be your very best self. You fight hard. That's where the warrior in you comes out. For me, everything that I've acquired in life, I had to fight 10 times over. Sometimes people think I get it easy, but mm. it has not, never been easy for me. I am just grateful for the God that governs me, that gives me the grace to navigate through these paths. It's not easy. Rome was not built in a day. You cannot build a, a wall in a day. And so that's where the battle comes with you fighting mm. your weaknesses and combining it with your strength. It's a spirit, soul, and body um, uh, collaboration. So as you're looking for collaboration out in the world to get and build and fix your country, you also have to have that collaboration with your mind, spirit, soul, and body. I love that. I love that. Kadiatul <laughs> Grace. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we can, we can have a conversation all day, but I want to close it off. By thanking you so much for coming to visit us here at the studios on The Voice of America. It's good to see you and good to meet you. Thank you so much and, for having uh, you me. And, you know, great job. Uh, congratulations on all, all your success, mm -hmm. your books, uh, The Dangers of Procrastination, mm -hmm. and She Arose, Understanding the Psychology of Winning. Yes. Winning, baby. That's all yes. we want to do. We want to be winners yes. and create uh, a generation of winners. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Really appreciate me. you. Thank you. It is said that each one of us, in our own capacities, whether consciously or not, carry out leadership roles in our daily lives. Uh, from managing a household to a student in a class, leadership manifests itself in various ways and often means different things to different people. But researchers say that while leadership can be unique, to everyone and that leaders can have their own unique styles and methods of leading, there are some universal ways or principles to define a good leader. Uh, for example, great leaders consistently put the interest of others above themselves. They are also great communicators because communication is key in expressing the role and ultimate goals of each one involved in whatever endeavor or initiative or, or organization. There are obviously other important qualities of a great leader, you know, like compassion, integrity, and many others. But that's not really uh, the topic of our conversation today. What, what we are trying to do, and this is something that we actually have discussed on this show previously, is, is leadership a competency or skill that is taught? Is it acquired through experience? Or does it come natural? In other words, are some people preordained to be leaders and get better with time?
how is a leader able to create that important sense of trust and loyalty among those that they lead? And joining us on the show to help shed more light on these questions is Annette Bayingana. She's a leadership coach. Annette is part of a growing global industry with more companies and people seeking the help of coaches like herself, leadership coaches, to help either their employees and usually the ones in leadership positions become better leaders. Annette, welcome. Let's start off by asking what is leadership? (laughs) What is leadership? So leadership in simple, clear terms is influence. Because a leader has a place he's going and his job is to get everybody to follow. But to get people to follow, you need influence. Mm. So it doesn't matter which position you have. It doesn't matter the status you have or the title. So long as you can get as many people to follow a vision, you are leading. As simple as that. So, for example, using that that example, then we go through that. We really ask deep, uh, deep questions. So we start doing some assessments. How high is your influence? How low? You know, how badly are you doing? Because the true measure of, of leadership is, is, is influence, the mm. true measure. Mm. If you can't influence people, you're not leading. So we, we try to teach and to coach people to actually become that person of influence because that's what leadership is all about. Can you just force people to follow you without having to influence them? Yeah, you can force, but that is... Is that leadership? Yeah, it's bad leadership. It's bad leadership. Yeah, it's oh. bad leadership. So um, we teach methods of influence. So like force is really a bad one. People must be able Coercion to follow you. Any manipulation. Yeah, yes. and, you know, so people must be able to follow you because they respect who you are. They, they know, yes, mm. this guy has a track record. This this woman has a track record. Um, she's, she, we can trust her. She can help us, you know. She cares about us. All those are dynamics that we teach our leaders Mm -hmm. to become that caring person. I like to give the example of our president, Paul Kagame, actually. The president of Rwanda. The president of Rwanda. And I usually, you know, give them examples of how he goes to meet these uh, Abaturaji, you know, goes there. What is Abaturaji? The outreach outreach program. Community outreach. Yes, community outreach. Abaturaji is a a Kinyarwanda term for people, for for locals. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yeah, so you mm. he goes there, he leaves his office, goes to meet those people there. You know, to and in, in doing so, he's communicating, I care. You can actually speak, you can tell me your challenges, and I'll make sure that I address them. But the problem with, with we have with so many leaders right now, you know, they're seated in an office up there, they don't even know who they are head of administration is they have not they have not met they have not discussed they're they, detached they are from detached. the people they lead they don't know the challenges their people are facing mm. in an organization mm-hmm. in just a small office is, is it possible though to still live in a bubble because that i guess i would call that a leadership bubble if if that's not a technical term already you're using mm. um when you feel like you, you you think that you're in touch with those that you lead but um in in essence, what you see is what they want them, what they want you to see. Yeah. So I'm. Not they kind familiar. of curate um, their understanding, or you you they curate your influence over them. They uh-huh. pretend mm-hmm. that they follow you, but they don't follow you. Yeah, that 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 is typical. That is what is happening, and that is false influence. That is. We That's the bad back. leadership you're talking yes, about. Yes. Yes. You have to get down there, connect with people yeah. if you're actually going to like lead them. have a certain like a, like an authentic an connection. An authentic yeah. connection because nobody's going to authentically follow you if they don't feel like you care for them. Period. Unless they can trust, 
that you actually care for them, they're not going to authentically follow you. They can just, you know, show you that they are following you, but they will not. Mm. The moment they have a chance to do otherwise, they will run away from you. Yeah, so you have to really build that uh, connection on a personal level if you are going to be a very good go- a very good boss with a positive influence. It's what we talk about. It's just not influence. It has to be... How do you describe yourself? Um, I describe myself as a leadership coach. And what does a leadership coach do? A leadership coach basically helps um, today's leaders and tomorrow's leaders uh, to be prepared and to set them up for success mm. as leaders, um, emphasizing the fact that we cannot take it for granted that everybody is born a leader. What is the starting point, in your view, as mm. a leadership coach mm. uh, for anybody who is aspiring to lead or to yes. be in a leadership position? Yes. Are we already leaders without even knowing that we are leaders? Yes, we actually, I believe that, because leadership starts with self so if you cannot lead yourself as a person, mm. it will be very difficult to lead others. So uh, answering that question, as soon as you're born and as soon as you grow, you're exercising leadership, whether you know it or not. If you cannot manage well yourself, if you cannot control yourself, if you cannot lead yourself well and live by example, it will be very difficult to switch and start leading people. Mm. Yeah, so it starts from way back. What is, what is the relationship between leadership and decision-making? Because I feel like if you're not yeah. in a position to, to mm. lead people, you're not, when you say lead mm. yourself, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that mm-hmm. at that point, mm. it, it is about the decisions you make yes. in your life, yes. about the people around you, all yes. about, uh, Even about, about how yourself. You, you know, about yourself. Yeah, every day you have choices, every day you're taking decisions for yourself, if not for yourself, for your friends, mm. for your families, for your colleagues. So it's all around. It's it's you're taking decisions on a daily basis. So leadership and decision making, it's the one. It's it's the one and the same thing. So what does a personal coach do? What is your job? What does your job entail? So basically, my job is to help someone move from point A to point B. It is to help them um, think higher than they they are thinking, uh, become their sounding board, challenge their thinking, set help them set goals. Help them achieve them. Hold them accountable. It's it's so many things. Do are, are there people who are already point, at point B and they need to go back to point A first? <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you know whether you're point, at point A and, and what point B looks like? Exactly. So yeah. you have to, first of all, become have a good self-awareness level. I don't know how to stress right. that. It starts with self-awareness. Assess yourself where you are right now. Second step discover and paint that vision of success like make it super clear Mm -hmm. that it's so clear even to the toddler even to anybody uh, in in the office or in your life can tell jackson wants to get now i know i asked you this question last time and you were laughing at me but i I stressed the point a little too much what is success (laughs) what does success look like (laughs) okay so success drawing from what i told you last time I can really try to simplify it in a few words. Success for me begins with, first of all, discovering your purpose in life. Because if you do not know what your purpose is, then you won't even know how to define success. And that feels a little yes. too, too difficult. No. Discovering your own no. purpose Discovering your own purpose is the easiest thing. People have made the whole, you know. It sounds so thing. abstract, it's though. It's not abstract. Mm. You know, discuss, mm. people asking themselves every day, but what is my purpose? But what, am I leaving my purpose? They're all scared. 
you know, leaving your purpose is a very, very simple thing. Even discovering it. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple thing. I will not give the information right here. Right. But it's a very simple step. So how do you discover your purpose? That's what I just said, mm. that I will, I will not go into that right now. But to give a few pointers, mm. first of all, to know that you're actually living your purpose is when you're like doing something that you feel you can do for free forever. Which, that is, is, which is only like 10% yeah. of the, po- the world population. Yes, but <laughs> the problem starts when people have resigned. Like they think oh, they, have me, given up. they have given up their lives. The moment you, you, you embark on a process to search for your purpose, you will actually find because whoever seeks finds. It's the universal principle and it's true. Mm. Yeah. Again, going back to our point A, uh, mm-hmm. go, going from point A to mm. point B, mm. what are some of the things that you need to go from, from one point yes. to so the you next discover, point? First of all, you discover where you are. Have a good self-awareness uh, exercise. Um, if, and if you don't know, it's okay. Search. Mm. You know, the problem and that's is why I guess you come into exactly. the picture as, yes. a, personal as coach, a personal coach to you, help you. You help me understand I'm at point A. Yes. Which is a person like me who has been doing this job for over 20 years, but exactly. I still feel like I'm at point A. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if you came in my you know, mm. um, office, I would sit you down and would have to first... Take a snapshot of where you are. Mm. Yeah, in terms of your personal life, in terms of your professional life, in terms of you know your development, all these things, financial wise, how are you doing? We look at all these elements, mm. put them together and have a snapshot of who you are. And with that, we come to the end of our show today. Many thanks to my guests, Kadijatu Grace, founder of Psychology of Winning. And thanks also to Annette Bayingana, a leadership coach from Rwanda. Many thanks to all of you who tuned in, whether you tuned in online or via radio, FM or shortwave around the world. You can connect with us on our social media platforms. We are at VOA Africa. You can also catch previous episodes of this show at voaafrica.com. Until next time, I'm Jackson Vungani. Have a great week ahead, Africa. Africa.